Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Our Matrix server is about as free as Internet chat can be. Join the existing rooms or create your own at chat.freetalklive.com. Guitar Live. No, it's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. <laughs> yes. Thank you for mimicking the, uh, the, th- that's the motions. Wild Stallions! Uh, yes, thank you. Not Bill, yeah, Bill and Ted, thank you. Yes. From the excellent adventure, uh, not the, the bogus journey. The, the best character in those movies, of course, Rufus, as played by George Carlin. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, got I'm just a big fan of George Carlin, obviously. Uh, it is Free Talk Live. We're a live call-in radio talk program where you can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. Uh, we're talking about stuff. Uh, we're, we've kind of been on the Bitcoin thing or cryptocurrency for a while. We'll probably stay there for a minute at least. Uh, but you can call, talk about this or whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's me, Captain State health malinformation super spreader, Peakless Mountaineer. <laughs> I'm just Mark Edge. <laughs> wow. Did you just come up with that just now? Uh, no, a little earlier today, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, uh, they were talking about some kind of disinformation super spreader. And I'm like, wow, way to play off your own terms. And I realize I am, in fact, a malinformation of the health of the state super spreader. I mean, Ian Freeman has made no bones about it. Uh, this program is, I call it anti-propaganda, but mm-hmm. we're propaganda. We're just the opposite of the propaganda you see every day on mainstream media. We're like, no, 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 no. Uh, believe it or not, you're suffering from, uh, uh, how do I put it? It's, uh, it's Stockholm. What's the other one? Oh, disson- cognitive dissonance Stockholm syndrome. That's the one. Yes, we combine them all. Now it's just one thing. It's cognitive uh, Stockholm dissonance syndrome That's uh, is what it is. Uh, and so uh, I think it's equal parts uh, propaganda in the opposite direction and actual artistic merit. Because we have no idea which direction this show is going to go. And that's the difference between propaganda and art. Fact. Uh, before we go on, I need to say thank you to Marcus Bolf. B-O-L-F, like wolf, but with a B. Marcus Bolf. He is a silver level amplifier for Free Talk Live. What does it mean to be an amplifier for Free Talk Live? Mark, can you describe the amplifier experience? What does it mean to be an amplifier? Yes, well, an amplifier is somebody who signs up to give us you know, a little bit of money each month. Whether it's $5, $10, uh, it goes on up from there. You just go to amps.freetalklive.com in order to support what we do. Because, well, there's not a show like Free Talk Live out there. Free Talk Live is the first media in the world to have brought you Bitcoin. Free Talk Live brings you news on how to achieve more freedom in your life. The rest of them are just out there to scare the pants off of you my dear god those democrats oh my god the republicans right like it's just the same thing over and over again but free talk live we don't do that 
Here at Free Talk Live, we try to give you actionable items on how to live a better life. And if you want to support what we do, because I can assure you the United States government does not. <laughs> right. um, if you want to support what we do, you can go to amps.freetalklive.com and send a little money our way. Yes, and we especially want to thank Mr. Bolf for his contribution as a silver level amplifier. Uh, amps.freetalklive.com. Uh, please help us spread the message of liberty, freedom, peace, and prosperity. We appreciate you, Mr. Bolf. And as far as actionable things to do, I I want to impress upon people as much as it is a really good idea to involve yourself in cryptocurrency immediately, it is not a good idea to just put all of your money in at once. That is a very risky, risky thing to do. It could pay off, yep. but the better choice is to put your money in over time. Dollar cost averaging is what they call it. And that way, if it is really high and then really low, you catch a little bit of really high, but you also catch a little bit of really low. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I have to agree with that uh, idea is, is that, you know, we can be we can sound very, very excited about cryptocurrency and we about are. Bitcoin, about Dash, about any particular coin. And we have been right. We've been right a lot longer than the vast majority of media out there that's currently talking about these cryptocurrencies. Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> and all I would say is is that, you know, like I, I want to give people a clear picture about how I think about this. I believe firmly that Bitcoin is the best investment you're going to be in for the next nine months. Mm, yeah. Now, do I think it's going to go to a million dollars? I wouldn't say that. Oh, I do would. I think it's go to a quarter million dollars? I meant in the next. Oh, you nine, mean nine oh, oh, this cycle? Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, do I think it'll go to a quarter million dollars in nine months? It might. Maybe. Do I think it'll go to a hundred thousand in nine months? I do. I do think that. And you know, you can decide what you want to do with your money. But I'm going to tell you this: I don't think there's another investment out there right now for the next nine months. That's going to do as well as Bitcoin. Yeah, I uh, I put some money into real estate. <laughs> you know, I had to have a place to live. <laughs> had a good time. <laughs> you know, and oh man, I feel so lucky too, so blessed that like I I got in right at like as COVID was kicking in. Like I had complications buying my place because no one knew what to do. We were all wearing gloves, these like nitrile plastic, you know, surgeon's gloves or whatever, mechanics gloves, that kind of thing. Because like people didn't want like somebody to bring in, like when you have your inspections and, you know, your walkthroughs and all that kind of stuff and your insurance agent come out and look at the place, all this kind of stuff had to happen. Well, it had to be coordinated with multiple people. We had to have, I'd have the inspection guy come out twice to this specific property because like the, it's a, a, a multifamily. So like the, the two apartment people couldn't like get together and be vacant on the same day or give permission on the same day. So I had to have them come out once and inspect one half of the building and then had to have them come out again and do it because of quote unquote COVID. Right. So I had my challenges, but. All that being said, I'm so happy to like have a place to live. That's pretty cool, right? Uh, that you know, and so to say that cryptocurrency has outperformed my real estate investment doesn't take into account the fact that I have a place to hang my head that's warm and dry, 
right? Yep. Like, like dollars-wise, yes, absolutely, cryptocurrency has outperformed my real estate investment, even though I am up. Like a bunch, well, right, and, on, on my real estate investment. So, well, and having a place to lay your head means that you haven't had to pay rent, and that's just more money you can put into Bitcoin if that's what you want to do with it. I mean, there's still a mortgage to account for, but the multifamily thing helps out with that. So, right, like you know, it's a it's a pretty nice feature of that kind of a thing. Uh, all that being said, I'm 51 years old and I'm still an apartment dweller. So, you know, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Yeah, but it's your apartment. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. If I want to so, punch a wall and put a hole in it, well, by golly, I can do so. Yeah. And I, the only person I have to answer to me. When it comes to single family uh, dwellings, uh, you know, I think that people ought to assess where they want to put their money versus rent. Um, now, when you're talking about multifamilies, like where with your idea, Captain, and I like that idea, yeah. where you collect the rent of someone else. Um, you know, now, there, now we're talking about an investment that I'm beginning to see clear up, but mm-hmm. I'm not the, the big proponent of own your own home like I was, say, five years ago. Um, you know, there's been many times over the course of the last decade when I've thought to myself, boy, I sure wish this was somebody else's problem. Uh, yeah. And I wish somebody else had to p- pay for this bull crap. Yeah, I, I can't say I've never had those thoughts, even in the couple of years that you know I've had this particular property. But I would still take it over renting, having been previously a lifetime renter. So, yep. um, you know, there, there's that now. Like, I could... At a moment's notice, just be like, yeah, time to sell. And like the number of dollars that I have into it versus what I could get out of it is a three X position for me. Yes. I mean, to be and New fair. Hampshire is it, but, but to be, yeah, to be fair, New Hampshire is a real estate market that is unusual right now in the country. Go ahead. Yes. Good. Well, and to be fair, as far as the, the Bitcoin versus real estate comparison, it is not an unreasonable thought to take a reverse mortgage out on a piece of property and put it dollar cost average mm. into Bitcoin for this cycle. That is not an unreasonable thing to do right Fact. now. Yeah. I don't know anything about reverse mortgages. Reverse mortgages are when you get uh, paid out a little bit of your money over time right. every month in order to give you uh, of your equity in your home uh, over time. And then presumably you're selling your property, over. right? Yeah. yeah you're selling, selling your, property. your property for some amount of uh, income. They're basically gambling on when you're going to die. Mm. Uh, this is yep. usually elderly people, but uh, what or, you're or saying a about second mortgage, for yeah, that a matter. HELOC, if you will, second, is something yeah. uh, home equity line of credit. So it's called a HELOC, that's, right? That's, that is yeah. not outside of the realm of possibilities. Like, I could probably go take out a HELOC, and instead of putting that money into home improvements or putting on an addition or a new roof or whatever, I could probably just toss it all into cryptocurrency yeah. and roll the dice to see what happens. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that, and, and I wouldn't ordinarily suggest it, but this cycle is going to be something very interesting. Yeah. And, Tell me why. Okay, so we once again, we have never seen the demand on a Day-by-day basis, 10 times what the daily supply is. What do you mean? So the exchange-traded funds are currently buying up 10 times as much Bitcoin as is being mined in a day. So every day you get this much this uh, this much bitcoin mined and 10 times that sometimes it's 5 or 7 and sometimes it's 14 but it's about 10x 
10 times that is getting bought up specifically by these ETFs. Now, why am I to believe that that demand will remain for the next two, three months? Now, these ETFs have, are very recent from a legal standpoint. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, but they're, you know, they could just be buying up at 10 times the rate for the next 30 days. Well, so one of the reasons that you might think about that is that the price of Bitcoin is absolutely its best advertisement. So mm-hmm. as that price goes up, the demand also tends to go up. Also, for the first time ever, you have all of these very big, very powerful, and employing very, very skilled individuals in marketing, all all rooting for Bitcoin. Like, all of a sudden, they are actually out there selling this product, which is a very easy sell to a lot of people. And having even small amounts of your portfolio, a 1% or 2% distribution, doesn't really expose you to a huge amount of risk, but the upside is tremendous. So that makes it very easy to sell. And having that level of money flowing into Bitcoin because of how little has already been invested is huge. Well, and I want to add... That is a very compelling argument, and I'd like to restate it if I could uh, just to... Make it clear. So okay. these ETFs, largely it's the wealthiest of people that are in these ETFs. You're talking about the Black Rocks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if these ETFs decide that it's a good idea, or excuse me, the financial monolith as a whole decides it's a good idea for the average person to possess one and a half percent of their portfolio in bitcoin not a monolithic sum but it could go parabolic so it's good good idea to have they've already made decisions like this much more aggressive than this on stocks that are well overvalued tesla comes to mind um and so when they jump in they could jump in bigger than this but let's just say they did something smart and they said they were conservative yeah, yeah. The the average granny probably should have one point five percent in Bitcoin. Right. And, and if they for, did that, and, and, and I don't have example, any idea what the well, well, hold on uh, the the percentage one point five percent of the amount of money that is currently invested just in the United States. Uh, we should do global. Yeah, that's invested globally is a staggering sum in yeah. per Bitcoin. Yeah. And and uh, some of these um, uh, articles that we brought in for show prep tonight. Uh, they talk about how, oh, anybody can now get into Bitcoin with the click of a button. Well, you could always have done that, mm. right? Yeah. You do not need to get into Bitcoin via an investment vehicle. It's not necessary. It might be wise if you already have an investment vehicle. You've got like a 401k or some sort of retirement plan. You know, you're, you're already working with a financial advisor, that kind of thing. But if you don't have any of that crap, then all you really need to do is open an account and you know use a credit card, buy some Bitcoin, and put it in a custodial wallet, and then wait. Now, the other thing, Mark, that I wanted to point out to you, because you were asking about specifically the next 30 days, and I'm going to go just a little bit further than that, because uh, we'll call it 60 days, because the interesting thing about right now is that we have all of this, we'll call it now, uh, you know, corporate money. Right, these ETFs. Right now, we've got large investment firms, large banks, like taking, as you say, some percentage of their clients' investments and putting it into this thing. That number could be potentially huge. Um, they're doing it as the happening is about to occur. Right, that's the key for the next 
in my opinion, 60 days, right? right? Until the happening actually occurs. It could be it could be 45 days, whatever. Yeah, it will be in April. And, and that's the thing. So, like, right now, there's about 10 times the amount of, of demand as there is supply. Right. At some point around the 19th or so of April, we think, that will go from 10 times to 20 times. Yeah. In the in the uh, flicker of an eye. Look, this is not financial advice, but if I were a regular working Joe, paycheck to paycheck, I'm getting by, but like you know, it's it's tighter than it's been. Um, instead of going out to dinner with my family once a week or month or whatever, I might just forego that and take that money that I would mm-hmm. take my family out to dinner with and put it into something like a Bitcoin or a Monero or something along those lines. Because you never know what's going to happen. Right. That's what I would do. Yeah. And uh, Fidelity has already changed their conservative investment to include 2% uh, Bitcoin ETF. So, okay. so we already have one of them oh, that has already taken this leap. It is not unlikely that other ones will take this leap. And if BlackRock takes this leap, right. that the conservative thing to do is to at least have some exposure, 1% or 2%, that's... A lot of money. So I want to go to this article that, it's not even an article, it's a post on Twitter by somebody called Balaji, B-A-L-A-J-I. I was just at uh, the event of Italia yeah. in uh, Prospero with Balaji, and he is a compelling speaker. I got a chance to, I wouldn't, I mean, it's not fair to call it an interview, but basically we were in a question answer period. And for some reason, he liked the questions I was asking. So uh, he just kept, you know, kept sort of looking at me for the next question to keep him going. And nice. uh, really, really a fascinating guy to listen to. So uh, also uh, a very wealthy man because of cryptocurrency. So he made a post and this brings me back to, again, Mark, when you all first started talking about cryptocurrency Bitcoin here on Free Talk Live, he made a, a post on uh, Twitter that is called The Purpose of Bitcoin. I just want to read a little bit. Uh, the purpose of Bitcoin is to shatter the welfare warfare state and return power to the people. That's the opening statement here of the it's overriding an theme. Too. Yes. It it's is. an accurate statement. It's not even really an interpretation. That's essentially just a restatement of what Satoshi Nakamoto, the, uh, the, the nom de guerre of the person or persons who created Bitcoin, would have said. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a pretty powerful sentence, and I think he did a great job of sort of summarizing all the rest of the stuff he had to say into that opening statement. The purpose of Bitcoin is to shatter the welfare warfare state and return power to the people. Yes, you can understand it as a technological innovation, as a better way to hold and send large amounts of money, which it is, right? It's all of those things. But at its core, it is political revolution. It stops both Putin's war machine and Powell's money printer. It defunds the secret police and the NGOs calling for defunding the police. It rewards places that attract skilled immigrants and punishes those that cannot protect property rights. It does all this by breaking the 20th century centralized state's business model, by breaking both the wealth seizure of communism and the money printer of Keynesianism. Because Bitcoin is money that can't be seized and monetary policy that can't be manipulated. Gentlemen? 
Well, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. I am just listening. I think I love it. Yeah. I, I can't have put it any more succinctly. Like those words encapsulate my thought. I mean, yes. Am I excited that Bitcoin's going up and I have some? Yes, of course I am. How could I not be? Mm. Right? Am I looking at my wallet several times a day going, oh, look at that. It's gone up a little bit again. Oh, no. It went down. Oh, it's back up. Right? I'm having fun with that. But at the heart of it, the reason that I'm into it is because I know all of what Balaji just said. I know that it is a way to usurp the antique and barbaric methods of statism. That Bitcoin, I'm reminded of uh, Andreas Antonopoulos again. Bitcoin, the creation. Where is that guy? Haven't heard from him in years. Well, I, I saw something pop up on my feed recently. What he's done is he's taken all of his content now and it's behind a paywall. So he's Patreon, that kind of thing. So if you want to, you know, hear what he has to say these days, you got to throw a couple bucks at him to hear it. Uh, every now and again, like the, the thing that I saw was a video of his uh, from recently. It was like a five minute clip. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. So uh, I went and looked, and yeah, sure enough, he's behind a paywall. He's got a Patreon of his own. Uh, but at any well, rate, good for he, him. I uh, kind of feel like uh, the people who threw him a million dollars at one point when they when he said he didn't wasn't holding any Bitcoin. He just liked to talk about it. Yeah, um, like that. They kind of paid to have some of his content out there, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, his content is out there, and he still goes on tours from time to time. Um, so there's that. Plus uh, his book, he wrote uh, uh, Bitcoin. Uh, the Internet of Money, mm-hmm. and then he also wrote uh, the Ethereum guide, the complete guide to Ethereum. So he, like, people will call him a maximalist, but if that was true, I would he write a book about Ethereum, right? right. Um, I think, yeah, he's I don't just, think he's a maximalist. Yeah, um, I think he's just a really I, smart guy who likes. I've Bitcoin. got a real problem with the way that Joe Rogan show called him Bitcoin Jesus. Um, <laughs> maybe he deserves the title. Bitcoin Jesus. I thought that was but, Roger Veers. No, no. There is one man in one man, well, identified as a man only that deserves that title, and that is Satoshi Nakamoto. Uh, yes. Maybe. Um, I mean, but that's not the t- that's not where the title came from. I mean, when they called uh, Roger Veer Bitcoin Jesus, right. what he said was, I'd be better as Bitcoin Johnny Appleseed. Yes. But it doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. And by the way, he's quoting me when he said it. He's more of a Johnny uh, Bitcoin seed. So what, I, what I want to finish saying about Andreas Antonopoulos is he's the first person I ever heard refer to Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in general as a vacuum cleaner. It is coming for you. In the same way the internet came for the newspapers and a whole bunch of other businesses and transformed them in ways that we can't even fathom right now, uh, cryptocurrency is coming for the banks. It's coming for the governments. It's coming. It's going to vacuum up everything and give the people back the power of voluntary exchange. Yeah, and it's worth knowing. I hope you're right. And Me it's too. worth knowing that cryptocurrency as a whole is worth more than NVIDIA right now, and NVIDIA is holding up the whole stock market. 603-283-6160. Still to come more on some other things, plus what's going on with Chad and his tacos. It's Free Talk Live. Stay tuned. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. 
Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. USA News Update. Soon, thousands of hours of security footage from the 2021 Capitol riot will be made public. House Speaker Mike Johnson has announced the release of 5,000 hours of video from the U.S. Capitol grounds. The Speaker changed course from the original plan to blur the faces of rioters, citing logistical challenges. For now, the risk of a government shutdown has been averted. President Biden signed a government funding bill, extending the deadline further into the month. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis rejecting a bill designed to restrict children's access to social media platforms. Despite overwhelming support in both the House and Senate, DeSantis expressed discomfort with its wording. Lawmakers will revisit the issue with a revised bill. This is USA News. Advertising is simple. It starts with someone who has a need. Mom! And then gets more specific. Mom, I want pizza. Then we add urgency. I want pizza tonight. Before you know it, your GCN advertising message is reaching millions of listeners. Listeners who are definitely in need. We want pizza! You see? Advertising on GCN is simple. Your message meets their need, and the result means new business for you. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message to feed those who have an urgent need. We want pizza tonight! GCN has the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 1,000 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. We still do email. Drop your email address in the entry box at freetalklive.com and you'll be kept in the loop with Free Talk Live. Yeah. 
Yes, welcome back. It is Free Talk Live. If you're not familiar with the show, you can find out all about us over at freetalklive.com. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, joining me. Peakless Mountaineer. And Mark Edge, remotely from Florida. You're working remotely. Or are you remotely are you remotely working? It is not, not even remotely, remotely working. <laughs> uh, before we go on, Free Talk Live is brought to you by ForkFest, happening June 13th through June 16th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, so there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. <gasps> It'll be anarchy. <gasps> For more information and to connect with other attendees, you can visit the unofficial website, forkfest.party. That's forkfest.party. I hope to see you there. I'm going to be there. You going to be there? Fork- oh, yeah. You're forking? All right. Oh, I'm porking and we're gonna, forking. We're going to fork and pork. Uh, we're going to get the fork over there. We're going to have a good forking time. <laughs> going to pork out. <laughs> yeah, probably. There's always some delicious foods to be had and all that kind of thing at, at, at both events. So. Uh, Mark, are you going to join us this year? You come to the fork? I have fork? my, I have, I've purchased tickets and I intend to be there. Awesome, right. excellent. We look forward to. We will see what happens. Well, sure, yeah. You know, you're an international man of mystery with your gallivanting <laughs> and and all of that sort of thing. So, you know, we realize that important things could come up for Mark Edge, uh, but uh, we look forward to seeing you. Yep. Uh, we have been talking about uh, all things. Uh, cryptocurrency it seems uh, that's sort of where tonight's show went we had different prep for different things but um yeah and you had asked about the the purpose of bitcoin and uh, right which is what this um uh, tweet by uh balaji uh was about uh he just a statement the purpose of bitcoin yeah and as i see it this is nothing more or less than a portal to a different world the world that will come about because of the existence of cryptocurrencies barely resembles the world that spawned them. Because mm. everything in our entire world has been changed by fiat currency, has yeah. been made worse. The people, the civilization, the products, all of it is way worse than sound money could ever allow. And now we're going to see what the reemergence of sound money means. Yeah, um, and so because we've been talking about uh, this cryptocurrency thing, I want to uh, just spend a brief moment talking about a vendor from last year's ForkFest and PorkFest. He was known by Chad's Tacos. That was his his site that he set up, decided he was going to vend some tacos. Uh, guy named Chad. Yeah, guy selling named, tacos. Guy named Chad. Chad's tacos. Chad, very good, Mark. How did you know? I like it. Yeah. I like it when they do something radical. Um, <laughs> Chad uh, brought a crew of people with him from Michigan uh, for his first ever Forkfest Porkfest last year. Uh, Chad is a, I'll give him above intel, average intelligence dude, uh, and his crew were some kick-ass people. They came and hung out at the kick-ass pub inside of the Shire Society Lounge. Uh, on several nights, uh, they provided some delicious meals. That's not why I'm talking about. It. I don't want to just give a shout out to like a guy I met at, at the fest and be like that guy was cool and his crew was cool. There's a whole other reason. I just I'm giving you some background on why I'm even talking about him. Uh, this from the MacombDaily.com. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. M A C O M B MacombDaily.com. Uh, this is out of Michigan now. 
Shelby Eatery serves up popular sandwiches and cryptocurrency option. So it turns out that Chad uh, is the owner of a bistro in the Shelby Township. And uh, he has set it up so that customers can pay their bill in either cash, credit, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Lightning, or other cryptocurrencies. Nice. We hear about this from time to time here in New Hampshire. Right? There will be some you know, terrestrial brick-and-mortar store, and they will decide, hey, you know what, we're going to accept cryptocurrency. There were, uh, like, Ian Freeman was, was one of the, the, the big sort of uh, uh, evangelists for this, but there's been other activists who have gotten uh, onboarded other businesses to accept cryptocurrency uh, for their goods and services. But it's pretty rare that I hear about it outside of New Hampshire. Right. I can't remember the last time I heard about somebody outside of New Hampshire going, oh, yeah, we take cryptocurrency now. Like, this is an announcement, something right. new for their business. So, uh, well, Aaron- and, and one of the things is that it's been really hard to, to, you know, set up the whole thing. And one of the reasons that I am so bullish on this cycle in particular is that you have a whole bunch of corporations and companies who are used to dealing with point-of-sale service systems who now just might invest some of their knowledge and some of their talent into developing point-of-sale systems for cryptocurrencies. Right. And, like, it turns out that integrating cryptocurrency into your point-of-sale system isn't that hard because... Point-of-sale systems are already digital. They're already equipped to, like most POS systems, point-of-sale, most POS systems have built into it. Like, as you get, even if you just, you, you're not tech, you don't know, you just pay a guy to set it up for you, and it's just your cash register, that's what you consider your point-of-sale system. Like, there's already a button for other <laughs> and that's usually where uh, the folks go to, like, figure out, you know, what the exchange rate, either if they're going to take gold backs or if they're going to take crypto, sometimes both. Mm. So I don't know who these guys went through, but I can tell you uh, that Chad and his partner, Eric, believe in digital currency as alternatives to cash and is banking on others feeling the same way. This is from the article. Quote, we're still waiting for that one random customer to walk in and say, hey, do you take the Bitcoin? I'm doing what I can to see that happen, said uh, Polliner, this is Eric, his partner, whose team of technology specialists helped to set up a groundbreaking move in the world of digital currency at Chad's Bistro in Shelby Township in Michigan. Uh, The establishment was a takeout business, but this month uh, the owner, Chad, opened a restaurant down the street that not only features his popular selection of original sandwiches, but offers patrons a menu of ways for cashing out. Credit card, cash, Bitcoin, goldbacks even are accepted by the cashiers who have no problem navigating the program's uh, lightning team uh, or navigating the program. Polliner's lightning rod team, including himself, uh, Brendan Brown and uh, Cigar Shah uh, created uh, this branch of the system uh, for Chad. And then they have a picture of a bill. And it's just like any other bill. It's just got a QR code that you scan, and it says paid in Bitcoin. We've shown these off here because in New Hampshire, several places have accepted cryptocurrency. So you've seen all this before if you're paying attention to Free Talk Live historically. Um, and it just it really doesn't look any different than any other bill other than there's a QR code that the guy scanned to pay. That's it. So I, I just want to give a shout-out to Chad for, you know, uh, breaking 
the uh, you know the, the trend, right? Uh, right? There's not a lot of people who are willing to even put this in as a thing. Who are willing to take on you know these extra hurdles to jump through the training that he's got to put the rest of his employees through, whoever's working the cash register and all that kind of stuff, the setting up of the wallet behind the scenes, right? Uh, that kind of stuff. But once this stuff gets uh, compartmentalized. Like, I'd be surprised if there's not a hundred different point-of-sale software companies that are integrating Bitcoin and goldbacks into their POS systems. Right. I would be very surprised. Yeah, and the nature of pioneering things like this is that the first few times it gets done, it's a little bit more difficult. But once that trail starts to get blazed, it's easier and easier to go down. Yeah. Mark? Oh, we can't hear you. You got to hit a button. Yep. I'm delighted that businesses are taking uh, Bitcoin. And I think this is this is how Free Talk Live acquired a whole bunch of Bitcoin at one point. It was we became the first ad venue in the world to accept Bitcoin for advertising. And at that time, the Bitcoin community was so grateful that it beat a path to our door. Now, I'll grant you we're a national business as opposed to Chad's Bistro, which is a local business. Yeah. And there may be some differences. And I sincerely hope that the people of where did you say? Travis City? Uh, Shel- Shelby Township, somewhere in Michigan. Shelby Township. Yeah. Uh, beat a path to his store, and um, you know, I'd love to try his food. Well, and the good news is he'll be back at uh, Fork and Pork this year. Uh, and he claims he'll be you know better suited. You know how it is, Mark. Uh, some of these people come to their first uh, Fork Fest or Pork Fest. They don't know what to expect. Uh, and the idea is that you bring your own event. Right, you be the event you want to see at the fest. Right? Yep, that's true. It's kind of the idea. Yep. And so he brought, he was like, well, we'll do tacos. I got a restaurant, you know, we're set up for this. I got a, a portable thing, whatever. And so what I'm, what I'm getting at is that here's a guy who came to his first Fork Fest, Pork Fest, sold some tacos, met a bunch of people, was able to transact in multiple currencies, not just crypto, but also gold bags and silver and all that kind of stuff. And then he went home. He took his crew back to Michigan and he went... I'm going to integrate this into my brick-and-mortar business. This is the beauty of these festivals, is that people can come, they can get some exposure to doing business, to accepting and transacting in these, uh, what I'm going to call free currencies, right? Free man's currencies, if you will. Uh, and then they can think about it when they leave. And, like, it's going to have this effect on promoting liberty elsewhere. And so I'm I'm bringing this example to the show because I hope other people will follow suit. They will come to ForkFest and ForkFest. They will vend and or just transact with other vendors that are there and, you know, buying their daily needs, their sandwiches or their meals and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Whatever it is they need to partake in, whatever is available there, they can transact in these alternate currencies. And then take that. This is how it spreads. Let's let Fork Porkfest and Porkfest to be sort of the uh, the place people come to learn about it, and then they take and spread it to the rest of the world. Yeah, and to our Michigan listeners, if you're anywhere near Shelbyville, I hope to give this our equivalent of the Michelin star. It is worth going a little out of your way, putting some miles on those tires to transact in person, in Bitcoin, in Dash, in Monero, in Lightning, in whatever is your preferred currency. Yeah, don't be afraid to walk into Chad's Bistro and be like, hey, can I pay in Bitcoin? See what happens. Put them to That'd the be test. fun. Uh, I would, if I were anywhere near there, I'd walk in and do it. Right? <laughs> so, uh, that being said, uh, we were talking about sort of the effect of price and the prediction, mm-hmm. if you will. Oh, the, yeah. So, so I... My original thought on this, before ETFs got approved, 
I was thinking anywhere between uh, 100,000 and 250,000. And honestly, I hadn't even bothered doing the math to like, hey, what if we actually win this war today? And at this point, I have to say that my conservative is 140. And my top is non-existent. Like, it is too soon to tell what the effect of the ETF demand is going to do during this cycle. Yeah, I... Those are similar numbers as to what I would... If, like, this is the sort of situation where somebody has to put, like, a gun to my head. If somebody said, Mark, give me a high and a low as to what you think Bitcoin's going to be somewhere around January 2025 or December 2024, the high. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about kissing the high. I'm not talking about, well, now's the chance for you to think about it. I would agree with your numbers from 140 to, oh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, 250. I think you're lowballing it. Um, those are those are the numbers I'm willing to talk about. Fair enough. I mean, one thing to to you know keep in mind about this is what its actual value is and what the market thinks its actual value is are not going to be the same. Right. Right. Well, and also well, you you have to take into account that just because the the dollar figure of whatever bitcoin is uh it you know happens that in order for you to get that amount of dollars out if you wanted to liquidate to i don't know buy a house or something right for that for that matter um you actually have to have more than that number right so let's say it goes to 140 and you find i mean there's probably not a house in the US for $140,000 maybe detroit or something well call it 2 280 just say you'd have two bitcoins in there all right so let's say you got two bitcoin you got $280,000 you can buy a house for that much it's going to take you you can't buy a $280,000 house you need to buy probably like a $250,000 house because you need to have a little bit extra to uh, work around the fees that it's going to take to trans to liquidate that whether through a loan which is how i would do it because there's some or not as many tax implications if you take a loan out on your cryptocurrency versus just cashing it out but you know i'm not a tax attorney so you know don't take my advice on that you do your own research but it's going to take you more than what you think it is to liquidate so that's the only caution right. i would give anybody yeah. so if i was your real estate agent i would tell you that uh look if you've got 80% of the money down, I'll find you a broker that'll get you a loan. Well, and hopefully that's the case, right? <laughs> if if that were, you know, the, the numbers presented to whomever, you know, whatever bank, whatever lender, whatever broker, uh, you know, perhaps that's how it would work out. Um, but be careful. Like, banks are a creation of government, they are corporations. They exist as legal fiction. They are businesses in the same way any other corporation is, which is they are legally obliged to make profit unless they're a nonprofit corporation. So I, I, I would like to defend my I don't know what the top on this thing is just yeah. real quick and sure. explain why. Okay. So as far as I know, in human history, we have never had – uh, an asset like this where we have a reducing supply. So like with gold, the reason that it was used for money largely is because it was so hard to get. Right. 
But as hard as it is to get gold, if you jack that price up enough, you will get people trying different methods to like pull it out of seawater, to dig deeper, to go to places where it would be just unbelievable to try and get that gold out because the high price is just worth it. But with Bitcoin, that doesn't exist. There's no price that will make any more Bitcoin come into existence. It is fixed. And we've never seen that in human history. So now that we finally have accessibility to the financial system, I don't know. Well, I'd like to say this about uh, Bitcoin. So Peter Schiff made an observation, and I don't think it's the worst observation in the world. He's made lots of crappy observations. Schiff for brains? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> he made an observation that Bitcoin is essentially infinitely scalable. That the 21 million is ridiculous because essentially what you're talking about is cryptocurrency. And somebody can always make a better coin and make more of them. Right. And I think personally that the technology that is Bitcoin is outdated. Like the one thing that Bitcoin brings to the table is, is it is very, very, very hard to do a 51% attack on Bitcoin. It's not um, the only thing is, that it brings to the table. And and the thing that you're mentioning is the scarcity and the, the social agreement that people have decided at some point to a certain degree is that, okay, the way they're going to get around the fact that you can, that cryptocurrency blockchains are not scarce is to only value one as the store of value cryptocurrency blockchain. Well, yeah, that, that's the problem is, is that they've decided, whomever, somebody, somebody's decided, the market has decided at this point that Bitcoin's the best cryptocurrency. But could it be Ethereum in, by, you know, three years? Could be. I don't know. Maybe. Could it be? Could be Monero. Uh, I mean, it, it, Ethereum doesn't have the scarcity. And I, I, I would love to hear a theory on how you're going to flip Bitcoin without proving that you have better scarcity or a way that you can prove you have better scarcity. I don't have a theory on it. All I can say is, is that uh, Ethereum is far more versatile than Bitcoin is. Uh, Bitcoin's good at one thing, being a uh, currency. Ethereum's good at all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and that, I, I think that's a completely frankly, the different Bitcoin, mar- market. That frankly, the Bitcoin devs refused to do at some point. Mm-hmm. And you well. know, I don't have an answer. That's the thing is, is that I'm not... I'm not as bullish as you appear to be on these topics because, like, I just don't know. I foresee I mean, Bitcoin a future, isn't, though. Bitcoin isn't the coin that I pitched 10 years ago. Right. Bitcoin is a series of lies, or at the very least, a series of unmet promises and a few really well-kept promises. Right. And... I just don't know if that's going to be good enough to keep it on top for any period of time. Well, I like it in the medium term. It is entirely yeah, I'm not, possible I'm, that... I'm not saying forever. <laughs> it is entirely possible that at some point we see some... Um, I don't want to say homogenization, but we see some sort of um, uh, combining, some union of these networks. For example, it's entirely possible for Bitcoin to run on Ethereum. It, it is. Yeah. They kind of do it already, but I mean, I... Oh, like wrapping it? Right, yeah. 
There, there are tokenizations of yeah, I don't think sections those, of Bitcoin and all that kind of thing. I don't think Ethereum and Bitcoin are competing in the same market. No, I don't think they at are. all. But I that's think why it, I think Ethereum, Ethereum is the functionality market. Bitcoin is purely the store of value market. It's not currently. a it's spending not market. Let's be serious here. You were just talking about ETFs pre- previously. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin has transformed from this world-changing currency into. Look, here's what all the lizard people are buying right now. Yep. And I don't know what's going to happen. And I really hope that all these uh, fine words work out. But, I mean, I, you know, to me, Bitcoin is a good investment because it's probably going to go up. Right. And, and like, that's, uh, it, again, we're talking about competition in a marketplace, mm-hmm. right? If Bitcoin were the fulfillment of all of the promises that Mark mentioned, there'd be no reason for any other cryptocurrency to exist. But because it isn't, and because people are creative, a bunch of other smart MFers have come up with some other stuff. Ethereum, for example, and all of the Ethereum-like uh, things that are coming out now as well. Ethereum is not the only game in town that could do smart contracts and the and the like. Right. So like there are other competing entities with Ethereum now that can do all the things Ethereum can do and maybe even do them better. We don't know. The, The future remains to be seen. And these are different niches. So there's the store of value niche, which it's going to be really hard to move BTC out of. It's possible. Yeah. can happen, but it's going to be really hard. There's the uh, spendability niche, which is completely different, yep. uh, which like Dash is amazing at. Yes, Monero is. is awesome yes, at. Is. Like spendability, totally different niche. There's the uh, smart contract, uh, at, like decentralized computer functionality of Ethereum and all the so-called Ethereum killers. Different niche. Yep. And... It's important to remember that there's also a very specific step-by-step process that money always takes. First, it becomes a store of value. Then it becomes a means of exchange. Then it becomes a unit of account. And you can't get these steps out of order. Interesting. People have to start trusting it first, and then they will realize that they can take it in payment. So you're saying that all the other fiat currencies followed those steps in that order? All of them. All of the all of the fiat currencies, all of the non-fiat currencies, salt, seashells, gold, they all like, started out as a store of value and then became a currency. What about like when, a, you know, I don't know, a, a church or something uh, decides to make their own church bucks for the bake sale? Do they go through the same three steps? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In, in all cases, it has to first become a store of value. It has to do this thing that you that you will rely on it being valuable for. And then it becomes something that you accumulate. And once enough people have hit the point of accumulating it, then it can pass into currency. Accumulator. It's my new metal band name. <laughs> Mark, okay. go ahead. I, I like what I'm hearing. I mean, I, I you know, I, I like what I'm hearing. The more positive statements, and by that mean I, uh, positive statements means uh, when a person says this thing is true. Right. The more positive statements somebody makes around Bitcoin, the squirrelier I'm going to get, because this thing has been enigmatic and fluid the 10 years that I've been watching it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think but that I it's like going to... I like what Peakless is saying. Yeah, I don't think that it's going to keep the 50%-ish uh, amount of the market. I think that that's just the stage that we're in. Now, once people have started to realize how trustworthy this thing is, then we're going to see things like BCH, Dash, Monero, all of these amazing spending monies really hit their stride after people have accepted that this is a valuable and trustworthy thing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. Walk before you run. And, and then the, right now we're at crawl. Uh, just to sort of finish up uh, a little bit here, uh, Balaji says, uh, so think of Bitcoin as the ultimate zero-based budgeting. It zeroes out everything that centralized states spend money on. It ends the wars and starves the beast. Amen. We're out of time. Thank you, Mark Edge, for joining us remotely from your tropical paradise. Thank you to Mr. Mountaineer for joining us in studio. Thank you to all of our callers and, of course, you, the listeners. If you missed any part of tonight's program, find the archives over at freetalklive.com underneath the resources tab. Thanks and peace. Peace. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. Shopsupertea.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. 